welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. This is a Skype call out to the great state of Texas. Uh, I got Howdy. here with me. Um, <laughs> how, uh, how are things in Texas, man? What's going on? Uh, in Texas, everything's good. You know, just good old Texas. Staying true to itself. You know, cowboys and hipsters and uh, I don't know. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, here, here in Fort Worth, you know, it's just a great mix of people. I love it. Uh, it's town is, town is. A lot of things are happening here, so um, you know, don't got time to get bored. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, so yeah. Uh, I wanted to open up with this. Uh, how long had it been since you had went back to France? Had been almost three years. And uh, so, uh, was this trip delayed because of the pandemic, or uh, was it just the first time that you were ready to go back, or what was that like? Uh, it was all because of the uh, restrictions that they put in place for a long time. Um, and then, then I ended up getting super busy into 2021 into 2022. And so, and once the year starts, it's hard, for, it's hard for me to go like summertime or whatever, because that's when you play all your shows, right? So I usually, for me, the easiest way is to go for Christmas or around Christmas. So that's what happened, yeah. And then that finally kind of reopened everything. So I was able to go home safely and um, not having to uh, show any kind of status, if you know what I mean. Uh, so that was the reason why, and so I decided that I would go spend a little bit of time. Usually, I go for like three weeks to a month, basically meaning the whole this month of December. But um, I realized I was born at the end, at the end of October, October twenty fifth. My mom was born November second, and I realized that since I've come to America, I haven't spent one birthday with neither parents, like their birthdays. Yeah, uh, my dad is in July, but my mom is in November, and I figured, man, I haven't spent time with my mom on her birthday in 23 24 years now mm -hmm. so so i left at the end of october to, to be there for my birthday and i came back a month ago january 14th so i was there for two and a half months right on man so uh when you go back uh what are some of the hot topic issues people want to talk about it's like how you hit it off in music or just life in america what do they want to ask you about uh well um Man, I, I mostly spend time with my folks. My mom still works. My dad is retired, so we just basically just kind of just kind of hang out with my dad and my mom. And I seen some friends. I ended up playing shows while I was there. Mm -hmm. Actually, turned turned out really good. I put a little band together with all friends of mine because somehow I don't know what's in the water where I'm from, but there's just a bunch of good musicians there, um, especially guitar players for some reason. But uh, anyway, so I was able to put a, a good little band together. Played a couple of shows, three shows. Um, two happened to be sold out, which is kind of cool, especially for. Yeah. I hadn't played in in my hometown or in France in general in uh, uh, 15, 15 years. Yeah. So that's that's my first time playing in fifteen years back home in my hometown. So, um, so if you talk about subjects, hot topics, meaning like societal topics and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so my dad and I, we talk a lot about, uh, geopolitics and all that. Um, of course that's on everybody's mind, right? 
Yeah, he was always like that. I come from like a political family anyway. So I was, I, I kind of grew up around it. So I haven't gotten into all that stuff in recent years. I was just kind of, I was always kind of there anyway. So, um, you know, my dad will mostly talk about what's going on over there in France. And I'll mm-hmm. mostly talk about what's going on over here. Mm-hmm. Somehow it's a little bit interconnected. I think there's a lot of things that we have in common, both countries, as far as what's going on in the world. But we try to not, you know, spend every day, you know, being redundant over all that. So we love music. So we talked a lot about music as well. Um, you know, I play guitar every day. Mm. You know, and in the end, well, we do Skype all year round. You know, we Skype a couple right. of times a week. So when I saw them, it's not like I had to catch up on three years of not seeing them or talking to them. It's just kind of just spend the time and just kind of, you know, check out from my life here and just be with them. And it was it was for me, but it was also for them. So so they can have their, their, their child home <laughs> for a little bit, you know. Because, right. um, you know, any mother... Uh, they they think their the child don't eat once they leave the house, right? So my mom ain't did, that real, you know? But you know what I'm saying, right? So my mom and I oh, had dude. to feed me. She had to catch up on three years of me not eating. Had <laughs> <laughs> packs some pounds on you, buddy. Oh my god! Well, I didn't somehow. I don't I don't know how because I ate shit ton of cheese and bread and charcuterie and drank some wine. So <laughs> I don't know how. I, I don't know what the deal is, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, like, you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, when a foreigner will come to America for any amount of time, they pack on a lot of pounds because of all the things that we put in our food, such as preservatives and the GMOs. Oh, that's totally what it is, yeah. And when you're anywhere else in the world, you can literally eat the same and lose weight. It's crazy. It's it's, it's totally what they put in the food here. We're totally screwed here. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you know, well, we do walk We do walk a lot, you know, like in my hometown, you just go for a walk. That's people do walk, you know, it's not, the distance is different. I mean, here, you know, if I had any friends home asking me, what I, like, you know, in Texas, you know, how things are, the, the one thing that I did mention is you have to have a car. You cannot live a normal life if you don't have a vehicle, right? So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a good trip. I was kind of ready to get to get back here after two months, just because you know it's not really uh, the easiest situation to where you like do everything at once. Like you live here, I live here, right, right now in Texas. Anyway, do the thing you do, things you do, and then you stop everything for two months mm-hmm. to, to be part of a different, a complete different culture. I, I wasn't going to go there and then compare everything to the States every day on a daily basis, you know, I'll just shut up and just be part of it. So, uh, even though I'm from there, I still got the accent. I am very much American, mm-hmm. very much Americanized. So there, there are little things that might just after a while get on my nerves, but I just got to remind myself I'm not from here anymore, you know, so just be patient, have the best time possible and, do not go around and be arrogant about the fact that you're American and they're not. <laughs> yeah, and I, do, and I do love the American flag background, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh man, you mentioned at the beginning like there was just something in the water, like there was just a great pool of guitar players. Has it always been that way in your hometown? Um, I think so. Well, I mean, if we go back to the birth of rock and roll, they have been. 
great bands coming from nobody has ever done really anything but uh you know local musicians but there was always some really good good musicians but i think i mean the french are very musical and you know it's still like a uh, one of the few countries that uh, adore jazz and blues and still have like big blues festivals, jazz and blues mm-hmm. festivals. My hometown had a big one. Uh, my dad showed me a photo recently. I'll send it to you if you want. It's an actual uh, official photo and his buddy guy in 1983 in the arena. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd love to see it. Yes, yeah, so I can, in the old Coliseum, you know, the old Roman arena. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this my dad and my uncle, like at, you know, buddy guy's feet, you know, with the yeah. fist in the air and while Buddy Guy is ripping a solo. Uh, that's the era when he used to play a Guild uh, hollow body. That's the Buddy Guy, you know, he had the curls and everything. That's that's the oh, yeah. Buddy Guy, you know, uh, that's, that's the photo. And so anyway, so I think it's just kind of in the culture. And I think also the thing is about it is that when it comes to just playing an instrument, I think that's just probably easier. You know, I always like to say that guitar don't have an accent. So, yeah, so, very true. so, so that's why, because, you know, when I go there and I do sing, you know, obviously I, I, I sing in, in English and, you know, whatever I write, you know, it's, it's well written. Um, and I have the cultural references of being here, have been here, you know, been here for, for a long time. And so a friend of mine plays bass that I played those shows with. He sang a couple of songs and he's told me, he goes, because oh, I'm just let you know, uh, no, it's all in French. Of course he goes, I'll let you know, uh, I don't know the lyrics, so I don't know what I'm singing. And I said, that's fine. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's going to care here. But, you know, if you were to come to the States and try to sing, people would be like, what is he singing about? That is not, that, <laughs> that is not English. Phonetically sounds like English, but it's not. And it's yeah. kind of what, ha- it's kind of what happened to me because when I, when I started out, I was just a guitar player. I became a singer and a writer living here in the States, over here in the States. And so I grew up listening to all those records, but I was never paying attention to the lyrics. I was always paying attention to the melodies and the sounds so i think we might have a, a, a more acute ear for for the for you know for the melodies and the mm-hmm. and the and the sounds that we do for the lyrics and i think that's what might explain that there is some pretty good guitar players because they're not distracted by anything else and they just focus on the guitar but uh um, yeah and so. uh dude shout out to you uh to the uh your frenchy and the blues destroyers the album with the skull on it yeah uh, I have been spending so much time with that, and it kind of it's back and forth with me. But my favorite song on that record, as it stands today, is "Never Meant to Hurt You." Never meant to hurt you. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, man, it's and it's crazy you put it that way. Like the phonetic and like learning uh, songwriting. Would it be like uh, Shooter Jennings and people learn uh, helping you uh, craft your songwriting in that regard, or did you kind of find it as you went? Um, back when I played with Shooter, that was like the very, very beginning. You're talking, you know, fresh off the boat. Um, and I was writing with him. We were writing, I was writing guitarists and he was kind of taking care of the lyrics, but that's when I started discovering some of the country classics, obviously his dad's music. And, you know, I got to meet Waylon and I was around, you know, him a little bit, uh, the year before he passed and. And so I got introduced to all those greats, and then that kind of started influencing me on top of the, the blues background and rock and roll background that I had. Um, then I played with some cool cats like Stoney LaRue, a uh, guy like Wade Bowen here in Texas, um, and then Jack Ingram for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so especially with Jack, I think when I started playing with Jack, I was like 27 when I started playing with him. 
so at, at that time, I was kind of understanding the concept of sitting down and writing a song. So I watched him. You know, we would have some great, great, great artists coming on the road with us just so them they can write and, and do all that. I was living in Nashville at the time, so I had access to uh, firsthand to being around great writers. And so naturally, I think it just kind of... That thing that just kind of got me started because I saw I saw how it all worked and I was able yeah. to just kind of grab my my own sensibilities towards music and do my own thing with it because I always I always relate to to the blues first and foremost even though I'm not a blues guy uh, I do base everything off of that so I was I w- I was never going to pretend to write a country song I don't know how to do that but then again. You have guys like Guy Clark and Towns Van Zandt, Texans, that um, wrote songs that were very much on the blues spectrum. Very much. That's right. So I, I just think it's just kind of, yeah, I think it's circumstantial. I think it's just the experiences that I've had and the people that I played with. Um, like my friend Tony Daru, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Um, maybe. Yeah, uh, I think I am. Yeah, Stoney. Stoney's a good friend of mine. I actually played with him last Saturday. I sat in with the band. Uh, I didn't have a show, so I went and hang out with them. Uh, and I love his style of writing. And so you just kind of pick from from everybody. But you know, I also grew up on the extensive record collection at home. And you know, I I I love Lightning Hopkins, but I love the Kinks. You know, I love Men's Lipscomb, but I love the Beatles. I love Albert King, but I love the Doors. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, uh, I mean, you kind of mentioned it like, uh, you know, uh, in our previous uh, podcast episode about coming to America. And it's a very inspiring story about chasing your American dream. Just right. just for those at home uh, listening. Uh, I mean, what encouragement uh, do you offer? Like, just get off your ass and go give it a go. Right. Or what would you say to those who want to pursue a career in uh, music or whatever uh, they're driven by, you know? Uh, I'd say don't try to look at it as a career. Okay. Take it a day at a time. Yeah, just don't try to look, think, all right, well, this is my my 10-year plan. Uh, If I don't see myself there in 10 years, then I failed, so I'll do something else. Just don't do that. Just if you have something to say, if you have a passion for it, just go out and do it. Um, I think the music business is is changing ever so fast that you know what's now a way to do it won't be the same two year even two years from now things are going pretty fast. A lot of people do, yeah, and a lot of people are doing it as well. And I think that's in general. I think people are a little too focused on the grind or the hustle on the money and we all need money to get by but i think too many people think that uh, money equals success you know it's it's nothing to be uh, to be without it but sometimes how much do you need to have a good life you know uh, yeah some of the best times i've ever had is when i was broke um, uh, yeah. not because uh, i was broke but because i was not worried about it i was worried about the passion that I had and what was the next move, when was, and it's, I'm still going through it right now as we speak, I'm going through what is the next move. Um, so, you know, I think that would be the only advice. Yeah. Just don't look at it as a career, look at it as, as your passion and, 
you'll do it no matter what, and that should be good enough. You know, one thing that's been kind of reoccurring with some of the musicians I've had on the show as of late is they say if you're going to stake your claim, you got to be on the road. Uh, you need to be uh, as much as possible getting into these towns. And, and don't just take a gig just because. Make sure, like, if you're a singer-songwriter, try to get a listening room in that town. You know, don't just play in a restaurant to where you're going to be background noise. But, you know, pick the gigs out that uh, are curated towards what you're trying to do, you know? That's true. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do because even with a guy like me that has a resume, you know, he- yeah history that doesn't mean you're going to get those listening rooms and then how do you get people in and then you got to think about making money as well and you can do house parties that's always a good way to do it if you can hit people up on facebook and stuff and see if you go through a town um um, so so i don't i don't think there is one way to do it for anybody and everybody you know i mean it's different depending the regions that you're that you're living in and um i don't know and Truth is, some people, I, I don't think talent is everything anyway, as far as success. Right. I mean, you know, getting to the next, you know, uh, you know, the next step, next move. Yeah, it's almost uh, you're in the right spot at the right time kind of thing for some people. Yeah, I know some legit blues people that still play breweries and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I played a restaurant last night. Uh, it was cool. Um, yeah. I talked to some cool folks and stuff, um, but um, well, you got to think also. I it's, it's what I noticed. I mean, I don't know in in other parts of the country, but I know in Texas, it, the market is is big, it's saturated with a lot of people. I mean, and then you right. get you get new people coming in, and then you know it's just, just a lot of people, especially in the singer songwriter realm. Which I don't really consider myself that. I never really. I think we might have talked about it last time that I, I still kind of cringe at the idea of calling myself a singer songwriter i'm a guitar player by trade and i write songs but you know i'm a picker i'm a guitar picker and uh um so so there's just a lot of people and there's so many gigs you can do you know as well mm-hmm. but um i don't know i think everybody everybody just kind of follow their you know their own their own trail and you know yeah but, see what uh, comes of it i wanted to move on because of I have been on this cross Canadian ragweed, uh, ragweed kick. Oh yeah, and, uh, buddy, I want some stories from the Wormy Dog Saloon, man. Give me a story. <sighs> Problem is with the Wormy Dog, there was always a lot of booze involved. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sounds about right. <laughs> well, you know that you know that place doesn't exist anymore, right? I know, I know. Shut her down, know. shut her down. Uh, I was still living in Oklahoma. You know, remember I told you last time that I, I lived in Oklahoma City for a while, and uh, mm-hmm. right after I left, they shut it down. But um, <laughs> the only story that I can remember is uh, it was Wade Bowen, Stoney, and Django Walker, Jerry Jeff's kid. We were doing this little tour called Farewell to Sanity, and we stopped at Warmy Dog on, on our stop in Oklahoma City. And they, those were always late nights, and I was playing. And we weighed, then ended up playing every night with Stoney as well, and every night mm-hmm. with Django. So I was the one guitar player that I played for three bands, right? Um, I think that night, I think I may have just, you know, it was like, you know, after hours kind of deal, but I was just kind of drinking and partying. And I think I went and crashed in, in Wade's band because I had a little too much in there. And uh, I got woken up 
by the van being rocked. Like, I don't know what happened. It was, what's going on? You know, I, I got like thrown off my seat and then there's some drunk dude, <laughs> I guess left the bar and hit, <laughs> hit the van, Wade's van with his truck and oh, uh, fled the scene. So I went and run back in, you know, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> you won't believe it. Somebody just hit the van and, uh, anyway, so that's the only story that I remember from Warmy Dog, but it was it was a good little scene back then, you know, with all those guys, Jason Boland as well, and and uh, of course Ragweed. I have some cool stories with Ragweed, you know. Um, uh, oh, dude, I'd love to hear it. Let's turn let's turn this into a Ragweed uh, conversation for a minute. <laughs> well, so so Ragweed, there were there were a good friend of ours when I played with Shooter and and the band Stargan, right? Uh-huh. And uh, we we toured through Texas and we opened up for, for Ragweed and they wanted to come to California. So they came out and they stayed at our house and they opened up for us at the Viper Room. I remember that. And uh, they were so broke that we were like literally giving him cigarettes and, you know, <laughs> you know, they were, they couldn't even afford cigarettes. Right? And um, anyway, so, so we had, we had a good relationship and when I left LA for Texas, first time to go play with Wade uh, I'd had that reputation already by playing with Shooter and all that and uh-huh. so whenever I could I would go see Ragweed and I would always get up and play a couple of songs with them at the end of their, sh- their show right mm-hmm. and then one time it was in Dallas it was uh, um, it was Ragweed and Pat Green playing some amphitheater here in Dallas um, there's about 6,000 people there that night and oh wow to me, it was a lot of people because I, w- I was used to play clubs and that was it. And right. so I was pretty excited. I was kind of excited. It would be my biggest crowd to date at the time. I was like 22, you know, and uh, it's just, wow, this is cool. And so I'm backstage. We've got my guitar and had my amp on the stage ready for what I thought would be uh, just a couple songs at the end of their set. And uh, Cody comes up to me, Cody Canada. And Cody mm-hmm. goes, uh, here's your set list for tonight. I look at him. I go, what? <laughs> he goes, he goes, yeah. You think, you think I'm just gonna let you, you know, sit your ass the entire night? You're coming with us. I mean, you're playing with us the whole show, right? <laughs> and, you know, like so. I so all of a sudden, like, you know, I felt the pressure. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, because I, you know, so go play a, te- you know, we used to play play a stranglehold, you know, uh, Ted Nugent and a couple of other songs like that, you know. So that's easy. You just go jam a couple covers, it's fine, you know. But then next thing you know, they asking me to play their the entire set and all the songs and stuff. And I, right. you know, I knew I knew them, but I never played them. So I was just like, fuck. All right, well, okay. So I played it cool, and I'm freaking out, I'm like, oh Jesus, man, I want to be in front of six thousand people playing. And you know, at the time they were really hot, you know. I mean, there was there were D band in Texas and. Um, so we play and it goes well. It's fun and, yeah. and and I'm in the middle of my guitar solo and you know I tend to close my eyes when I play guitar solos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ingram's always asked me because why don't you close your eyes when you play? And I go because I, I get into it, man. I don't know. <laughs> why do you got your eyes open when you play solo? I don't know, right? It's kind of weird. Yeah, and, where do you go? <laughs> yeah, well, why you why you got your eyes open? What's wrong with you, right? <laughs> Gotta get in music, man. And uh, so. <laughs> So anyway, so I'm playing this guitar solo. Next thing you know, I feel something going between my legs, and I, I don't know what's going on because I'm in a, I'm in a moment, and it's Cody's head going through my <laughs> between my legs. He's about to put you up. Yeah, and next thing you know, I'm on Cody's shoulders, just ripping a guitar solo while he's ripping a guitar solo. We're doing like Joe guitar solo, and here I am on Cody's shoulders in front of six thousand people, everybody going crazy, and uh, that was quite a night. You know, that yeah. was. Uh, 
that was a you know, and those those were my beginning. There was like early days for me in Texas, and this kind of stuff I was doing. So it was it was pretty sweet, you know. It was you know good memories, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. So, uh, like, uh, you know, to wind it up today is like since you've set it out on your own. Like, uh, have you had any some of those kind of moments uh, since you kind of staked out? Do you mean as a as a solo artist? Yeah. Um. I've done some cool things, uh, a few a few openers, a few... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Festivals, uh, mostly it's been clubs and dives, but um, um, trying to think if there's anything that kind of helped. My memory is terrible. Uh, <laughs> I can't. A rock and roller from uh, Texas here, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm, try I'm trying can't, to think. Well, that good. Well, I did play at Green Hall before, down in New Braunfels, you know, outside of, so playing for a sold-out crowd, you know, in, at Green, doing my thing is pretty cool. Um, uh, what else? Um, yeah, uh, man, you know, actually, it's kind of the, uh, I remember, and that's something I did on my own, but when I left Oklahoma, you know, I left Oklahoma and I uh, had, had gone through a breakup. It was a really hard breakup for me. And uh, I was pretty much, you know, not feeling great about it. Pretty hard broke. And came down to Texas from OKC down on I-35 and down Fort Worth. And I was like, man, still too close. Still too close. I got to go. I got to go far, you know, mm -hmm. like on the pilgrimage. So I set my eyes to go and check out Cogsdale in Mississippi. Hey, come on with it. Yeah, so so I remember that, and and that's something I did on my own. That uh, that was a that was a highlight for me because of the circumstances. So I made my way to Clarksdale, and I booked uh, a room for a couple of days at a place called the Shack Up Inn in in Clarksdale. Yep. And uh, but I, I didn't know anything, so I just found a place to look cool, and I said I'm gonna go stay there for a couple of days and go around. So what I did is that I, uh, I I realized that they had shows at the Shack Up Inn, that they had actual music. Yeah. It's kind of what I realized about Cogsdale, it's about music just about everywhere. You know, it's pretty cool for that. Uh -huh. And so I contacted them and I told them who I was, what I was doing, so to make sure that they, I wasn't just anybody, right? And... Um, and they said, well, we're interested. We, you know, we can have you play in exchange for playing. Well, you have a, a free room that night. I said, sounds great. Well, we'll do that. So I was on my way to Cogsdale knowing that I'd play at the Shaka Pin. 
And uh, as soon as I got to town, I went to see Dick Harp, who's a fantastic uh, artist that also builds harmonicas and has a little shop there, yep. uh, right off on Delta Avenue, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's left-handed southpaw, just like me. So we chatted for, yeah, man, <laughs> right, yeah. And so we uh, we picked a little bit. Let me play his guitar. And uh, so the show, my show, the Shackapin was the next night. And he goes, well, I'm playing at Ground Zero. Yeah. Later that night. So why don't you come out and you'll sit in with us? I said, yeah. that sounds great. So I played at the Shackapin for for happy hour and then made my way to Ground Zero to play. And Shackapin, I did really well. There was a lot of tourists that day, that weekend. So I had a bunch of tourists. Uh, I made great on tips, which paid for my trip, basically. Um, and everybody that was at the Shackapin was going to see Dick Harp at Ground Zero later. So they saw me play doing my songs, and then they saw me play with Dick in his band the all night uh, later on. And the feedback was fantastic. Kind of helped me heal a little bit. And uh, I remember driving back from Cogsdale back to Texas, uh, thinking that, you know, it was a pretty successful trip and, 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 and seeing myself by myself on the road, singing my songs mm-hmm. and getting the, getting the kind of feedback, feedback I did was very uh, uh, inspiring to, to keep going. And that was before I made the Blues the Shores album and, and all that. So that was really cool. And after that, I, I kept going to Cogsdale. I've gone like a handful of times and I'm going, I'll be there next month. Dude, I... Please let me know. I want to be there for that, buddy. I'd like to uh, meet you in person and be there for the show. It's uh, it's well, it's this March seventh. It's a, it's a Tuesday, it's a weekday, but uh, it's March seventh at Handbone Gallery, and that's my good friend Stan Street that owns the place. Um, oh, and uh, dude, send me some media. I mean, I've got a lot of friends in that area, and I'd love to. I'd love to pack the house out that night. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you all the info, and I'm I'm still trying to see about playing Ground Zero, maybe the next day or so. Or so. But I want to stay in Cogsdale for a few days. Uh, I'll be in Greenville, Mississippi, the weekend before. Nice. I got some friends there. There's a wedding going on. I, I, I found this juke joint that I'm going to play at, and we're going to have a party bus to come and see me. <laughs> so the thank the owner is pretty. You know, while you're in Mississippi, even if there's nothing going on, you should slide down to Bentonia. Bentonia. To yeah. the Blue Front Cafe and go meet Jimmy Duck Holmes. I'm thinking about doing it on that on that Sunday because I'll be uh, have the day off in Greenville and I think it's not too far from Greenville as well. It's not. So yeah, so I think I might do the Blue Front on that Sunday and then make my way to Clarksdale on Monday and stay there <laughs> for three four days because at the end of the day, I mean, I know it's you know it's not happening yet, but uh, and you know, kind of talking about it is I don't want to jinx it, but I'm going to be looking around uh, Clarksdale. Uh, to see if uh, I might make a move or not. Yeah. What do you make of Mississippi? I mean, is is there just something in the air? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm more real than other people, but the way I did Mississippi, I think that, uh, you know, well, if you know the history, just like I do, you know damn well why the blues was born there. But um other than that, there's just something in the air. It's like it's thick, and uh, you can feel why the blues, you know, uh, comes from Mississippi. And um, but but yeah, I kind of fell in love with Mississippi, and in and, uh, and and I kind of joke about it because you know how Texas is very uh, successful. <laughs> well, you know, Texas is very successful. Everybody is moving here. Everybody. That's right. That's right. 
So good, right? But it's if also they're keeping it weird in Austin. They're going to Dallas or Houston. Uh, I don't think they're keeping it weird. I think they're keeping it corporate now because you got Amazon, Tesla, and everything. You know, so yeah. it's a it's a different thing, man. It's just Joe not Rogan's like you used. Yeah, and I love Joe Rogan, but he's got to shut his mouth about telling how great Austin is. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to keep so. that low key. Well, we that's kind of we had yeah. Austin city limits, and too many people figured that out. Well, that's kind of the point. I mean, that's kind of the point. I get it. You want to tell the world how great your state is, but if you keep saying, saying it, eventually people are going to find out, and then everybody moves. And I can't say anything. I'm not from Texas. Hell, I'm not even from America to begin with, so I don't really have room to tell someone not to come here. I'm not going to be those guys, you know, that wear that "Don't California yeah. my Texas" T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Though I could, that would be kind of funny. But you know, I started out in California, so I'm not going to talk shit about California. Um, but Mississippi. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about Alabama. Like oh, yeah. Anytime, anytime I get to talking about how, how good the Birmingham music scene is, all the Birmingham musicians are like, shh, Shut cut it. that out. Cut that don't out. Say no, anything don't say anything about it. Yeah. We got a good thing. Don't ruin it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's funny because I think I think Mississippi is kind of like that, which, you know, I mean, obviously outside of Mississippi, and especially people that never traveled, they might have a, a take on what Mississippi is because of its history, you know, but but if you go there, it's just a lot of hidden gems and a lot of cool places and the people are sweet and it's really, uh, it's kind of a, it's a really nice place and I think, I don't know, Mississippi is not, out there telling the world too much about how great they are. I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but uh, <laughs> I think maybe it is. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. It's like you know, like a little secret, you know, like a little secret yeah. garden that you go if you know, if you know, you know, and you'll go and you enjoy it. But other than that, you kind of have to. It's kind of what I like. It's kind of you have to, you have to kind of go and see for yourself and, and put the time and energy. I mean, I was talking to my friend Stan that owns uh, Hambone Gallery, uh -huh. and I was telling him about my, my um, me contemplating moving to Clarksdale. And it might be oh, Clarksdale. I would, dude, I would love that. I'm, that might help me with my contemplation of moving. <laughs> well, but you see, so that's, that's the thing, right? And, and he told me, he goes, well, if you moved here, it'll be great. You know, we can use a guy like you to be around and, and pick guitar with. And I love everybody that I've met so far down there. They're, they're, all, they're all great people and great music. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of why I'm going there as well. It's kind of kind of check it out again, even though I kind of know the place. I just want to kind of get the vibe. And uh, so that's where it's at right now and this is this is one of the things that i thought about while i was home in france you know i was uh two and a half months taking a break mm -hmm. you can kind of you know wrap your head around what you want to do what you don't want to do anymore and and just not be afraid of you know uh of change because it's never really just it's not starting from ground up it's just you know continuation of your own personal history anyway so you know i don't think um i mean i wouldn't go to clogsdale and never leave the city limits i would you know play all over mississippi i could come to alabama um so you're not far from tennessee so you know i still have a lot of connections out there uh well, I'll louisiana tell little, i'll tell you a little secret frenchy uh -oh. uh, <laughs> that that blue circuit yeah it starts in clarkville and greenwood and mentonia yeah and there's a great circuit uh tennessee alabama mississippi you can mm -hmm. run that circuit and you'll never run out of gas buddy i know i know i'm familiar i'm familiar with a lot of it and uh i have some friends in hoxford uh um my buddy brian sherwood and joe austin they have a band together they uh are you uh, familiar with the foxfire ranch 
No, I do not. Is it in Oxford? It's just outside of Oxford. Okay. Uh, so many great, and it's kind of it's one of those things. It's one of those gyms, like a secret garden, like what you're talking about. Right. It's like if you know, you know. Right. They do shows every weekend. Yeah. But it's the same crowd showing up because they don't advertise it. They don't have to. They have the oh, clientele. That's right. You got the clientele, and you, it's up to you to find out. For yourself and, and go and and if you go in and 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 make the effort to find out what they're about, they'll love you. I know mm-hmm. that. And this mm-hmm. is kind of the spirit. This this is spirit that I like. And don't get me wrong, Texas is awesome. I love it. And people are the same way with me here. And I love my people here. I personally think it's about time for me to kind of kind of change sceneries a little bit. And, it's a chapter coming know. to a close. Um. Yeah, you know, just all, yeah, more more turning the page, probably not closing a chapter for good. I mean, you know, I've, I've always come to Texas no matter what. It's kind of, if I wasn't French, I think I would have been Texan, meaning that, you know, over the years, wherever I've lived, Texas was always what I considered basically home base anyway, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so I think if I do make the move, which is looking very much like it to Mississippi. I, I think I always think of myself as kind of part Texan anyway, down the line, you know, and yeah, then uh, always come back. To te- I mean, it's not far. I'm, I'm willing an eight hour drive from Crogsdale to, uh, to Fort Worth. It's to, to us musicians, eight hours is nothing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, to a French person that's never left France, you tell them it's eight hours. It's like going to three different countries and three different languages and cultures and stuff before us here is nothing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a total shock, right? Yeah. When I talk to some friends of mine, you know, they ask me stories and, uh, you know, as just uh, talking about all those long drives and everything, they kind of look at you like, well, what? Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. And I'm like, well, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I said, that's what we do here. You know, you just gotta be, and that's kind of an, it, it, that's kind of the culture. I mean, very much in a, in American culture. That's you know, people move around a lot. People move have lived in many states over their lifespan. You know, they just lived in different states, and depending on what career opportunities they have, or you know, just well, just Frenchie, of, I think at the heart of the American spirit is this is what I believe that yeah. the the American spirit is a very transient spirit. It was mm-hmm. something that was it was something that was meant to move around. It was. It, it's it, it can't be put in a box like the highway, the American muscle, the car, the truck, music. I mean, that is America is all get out, you know. Oh, I know. And I was I was I was fed that culture growing up, you know, I was fed that stuff through yeah. uh, music, magazines, television, movies. And that's why I came here in the first place is for the open roads, is for for the music. That's um, right. Uh, it's that spark of freedom. Yep. And even more so nowadays, I think it's just kind of longing for that life rather than just having to worry about everything else, really. <laughs> Things you I cannot mean, change at this point. But Oh, even in my songwriting lately, uh, lately uh, one of the latest songs that I wrote and I've been playing out hosting these open mics or playing these shows. It's like one of my favorite taglines in the song is mm-hmm. uh, what say you to adventure? Well, that's a life on the open road. Right. And I mean, that is like, that is the expression of this American life to me. Yeah. And let's, let's get out there. Let's get it. I mean, we're not going to do this sitting inside these four walls. We have got to go. 
now a lot of people they, they they found themselves you know not being able to do so i mean a lot of people you know have to to keep their jobs and you know take mm -hmm. care of their families and stuff and so if there are people like like you or me that have the opportunities to do so then we have to do it because then why why doing anything at all then you know why living life if, if you're not going to take the opportunity to to do to, you know to live that kind of life and mm -hmm. because not every not everybody can so if we can do it then we have a duty to do it for the ones that can't do it and mm -hmm. uh, and you make people ask you about it people are curious about it so oh, you've been where you've done what you know i mean if i hadn't been for music i'd never done all the things i did i mean you know you know that would have oh, yeah. cost that would have cost a million dollars to go to all the places that i've gone to yeah you know over the years and you know the things i got to experience so the guitar yeah. was the, the guitar was a tool of communication you know it's, it's beyond a career it's just really a tool of communication you know that's so it's kind of what I would you asking me like if I had to give an advice it's like really that I mean music music is really just a, a another language that you uh, extra language that you have universal language that you can have uh, at your advantage to to just experience you know, cool things yeah you know? absolutely yeah uh, I really can't think of a better way to put it we uh, I think we're uh, approaching a good close for this uh, yeah Dude, less than a month, I plan to be seeing you live and in person in Clarksdale. I got yes. three questions to walk it out of the door. Okay. Question one oh, is, uh, tell the listeners uh, where they can find and support you on social media and find your music. Okay, well, you, that's easy. You can go to Guitar Frenchie, and it's either the Guitar Frenchie Facebook page or Instagram page. And then I've got a link tree that's also Guitar Frenchie, and it's a one-stop shop with all the albums, um, biography, concerts, all that. So if you go to either Facebook or Instagram, you can click in the bio, and you got that one one-stop shop link uh, with everything on it. That's, right on. That's easy. Question two uh -oh. is uh, if you could play any venue in America or just in the world, where would that venue be and why? What venue means the most to you? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> well, I played quite a few that I've always wanted to play. Some oh, of them you already, early on. You already knocked them out, huh? I kind of did. I mean, shit. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to vent or nothing, but uh, as a rock and roller, with the Whiskey A Go Go was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also got to play the old CBGB before they shut down the original location in New York. So as a rock and roll, those were cool places. Uh, yeah. I got to play Red Rocks. That was probably probably that, the most beautiful. That venue comes up a lot, my friend. Yeah, that's probably the, the most beautiful scenic uh, venue in America. Did you get not a little piece of the rock? <laughs> no. Are you supposed to do that? I have no idea what you're supposed to do there. I'm just asking. No, I, I just got drunk and took it all in. That's what I remember I did. I drank some wine and played my show and then listened to the other bands. It's like a big festival. But I think that probably has to be the most beautiful venue, if not in the world, at least in America. Um, so I would say uh, a green hall here in Texas. That's one of my favorite venues to play. And then, not to sound cliche, but my favorite venue is the venue that I have yet to play. So that can be any venue, but it will be the, you know, the one I have yet to play. So no particular venue that comes to mind right now. No, no. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. Walking out the door. What okay. are you working on right now with your music? I recently went through my phone as well as so many notebooks that I had in a box. Mm-hmm. And I spent the past month, since I've been back from France, uh, going through everything, rewriting a bunch of the, the old stuff that I had with you know, more of the experience that I have now. So there were, there were old lyrics, there were newer lyrics, and I didn't want to think about turning them into songs, but more prose. So it didn't matter if, if they're going to end up being a song one day or not. I just wanted to wanted to really just kind of finish some of the lyrics that I had, and I had a lot of them, as you can imagine, and collect all of them into one volume. So I got like this big notebook full of finished lyrics. A lot of them are songs. Some of them have yet to be decided whether or not they're going to turn into a song or not. So mm-hmm. I'm not particularly writing songs right now. I have a lot that I wrote the past year and a half, two years that uh, have yet to be recorded. Um, I re-released some old songs that were not available on the internet. I re-released them uh, last year uh, before I left for friends, uh, including some songs that I did with uh, this producer named David Z, who produced uh, Prince, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Johnny Lang. And I did some killer sessions with him back in Nashville before I left town, and that was not out. And I was wondering why it wasn't out so like why am i not putting putting this out because you know because you always think well it's not news those are old songs so but virtually nobody knows my music so to anyone that's going to be new anyway right uh, and they're really good songs so that's re-released under guitar frenchie and everything and and since pretty much uh the concept of bruises choice is not going to be a concept anymore really uh um, well, send, send me some new tunes man Tell me i'll send them to you I'm saving I'm saving the uh, the newer songs for when it's the right time to record them, but I'm not in a hurry because it's enough music out for people to discover. What's more important right now is to kind of figure out the uh, the road and the and where to go next and how to set that up. So, all right, yeah, that's what's that. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, Fren- Frenchy, thank you so much for your time, dude. Um, this has been another episode of Porch Talk. Any, it was great. Any last words, but. Uh, just, uh, just do what you want and be good to each other and, you know, just live your life at the fullest. Live it, man. It's good talking to you. So I'll see you, I'll see you in uh, in Mississippi, right? Uh, (laughs) yes, you most certainly will. Wouldn't miss it for the world. That's awesome. I cannot wait.
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.